how quickly can you adapt when new information is given to you? That for me is one of the core defining things of being an entrepreneur. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. And this is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad Poor Dad, and a bunch of others. Today, we're going to empower you Mr. or Mrs. Best Ever Listener, who is an entrepreneur because we are real estate investors, and help train you to be the best founder of your company. And to do that, we've got someone who does that professionally. How are you doing? Kevin Siskar. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Thank you for uh, having me on the show today. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Kevin. He is the managing director of the Founder Institute in New York City. He helps entrepreneurs launch their startup companies. He hosts the Ambition Today podcast, where he interviews ambitious startup founders and entrepreneurs. He's been named Best Startup Ecosystem Developer, and he's based in New York City. His company brought through 47 founders just last year and helped train them, and his focus is on today's call going to be how to empower and train the best founders so that regardless of what startup we create, we can still have the successful traits and skill sets to capitalize on whatever we endeavor to do. So with that being said, Kevin, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and then we'll get into it. Sure. Awesome. I'm the managing director for the Founder Institute here in New York. What the Founder Institute is, is it is an early stage startup accelerator. So we help companies anywhere from ideation, maybe through your first year of operations. So your pre-seed, seed being your first round of fundraising. And we help them get launched. So we help you figure out what customers you're going to go after, figure out how you're going to formalize your team, what sort of advisors, how to give away equity to early employees, Whether you're going to bootstrap, fundraise, get incorporated, we help you get that set up. And we really help you build the foundation for a strong startup. You're out in the market and you start hitting those growth stages, you can really launch, right? And not have to worry about going back and fixing your incorporation or you gave too much equity away, right? You're set up strong to launch and build a meaningful and enduring company. I love it. And do you have a success story or two of a company you've worked with just to bring it all full circle? Here in New York, we have PathGather, which is a great company. My friend Eric started that, and they help Twitter, Walmart, some of the biggest companies do internal employee training. 
as a learning management system. Out of the Valley, we have Udemy, which I'm sure some of the listeners have used for online courses. Out of Singapore, we have another company that's, I think, a unicorn, Billionaire iCars Club. There's been a lot of success stories out of FI since uh, it started in 2009. All right. Well, today we're going to focus our conversation on empowering and training the best founders because is that your focus as a managing director at the Institute? Yeah. So because we are so early, there's very few people that play or help founders at this early stage. Most people sit back on the sidelines. They're watching, right? But they're waiting until you clear that first round of fundraising. And then you as an investment, as a startup, you're de-risked. And that's when a lot of VCs and angels like to jump in. There is a lot of pre-seed angels, but we're really the only accelerator that goes before that. So in order to do that, we focus much more on the founder as opposed to the company. And what that means is we actually have a test that we've built over the years, and founders can take that test. And what we do is we look at their personality traits, and we kind of figure out, do they have the underlying foundations to be a great founder, right? So we look for things like high-fluid intelligence, high-openness, right? Are you conscientious? And these are the big five personality traits backed by 100 years of psychology, And the interesting thing is when you find people with the right foundation to be an entrepreneur, and then you give them all the training, information, mentoring, and network for them to grow, you really see something incredible happen. What are the five personality traits? Will you go through them? I don't know them all at the top of my head, but I know what I like to look for most importantly is high-fluid intelligence, meaning how quickly can you adapt when new information is given to you? That, for me, is one of the core defining things of being an entrepreneur because you're always facing new obstacles. You're always coming up against new walls. And the ability to quickly digest them, figure out the intricacies of them, and find a way to beat them is really what I think can define most entrepreneurs. Now, in order to make that easier, high openness is something that is important because you're open to new ideas. You're not shutting things down as possible solutions as soon as they come to you and really getting that. And then my third one is conscientiousness because while we all love our Netflix and Stranger Things and House of Cards and Game of Thrones are really good and I love them on Sunday nights, it's on you as the founder, especially in the earliest stages. And if you're not doing the work, if you're not being conscientious, the company isn't growing. How do you test for the aptitude for high fluid intelligence, build it quickly, adapt when you get new info? We have a test. Deo Ressi is the founder of the Founder Institute. And back in 2009, he built a proprietary psych test with the University of Toronto. And basically, you can go to fi.co slash DNA. You can get more information on it. But basically, it's a psych test. So there's a lot of logic questions. There's a lot of questions that may or might not repeat to see if you answer them the same way, if they're worded different. It's a pretty basic psychological test. Mm. Okay. So for the best ever listeners who are listening and they want to get some of what you're training the founders, how would you like to approach it? What can you tell the best ever listeners in order to help them be empowered so that they are better founders? The one thing I would say, right, is At the earliest stage, just be scrappy. And what I mean by that is I think too often people sit around waiting for the technical co-founder or the business person or, or something to help you get to that next level. While those things do help you, the best thing you can do to attract them is to just get started with the resources you have at hand. So 
entrepreneurship in general is a cause of scarce resources. And so you as a founder need to make sure you're making the most of the resources at hand. And so too many times I see people sitting around and they're like, oh, but I'm you know, just waiting for that technical co-founder. I'm going to build this great platform. It's going to be awesome. But I just need that. So I'm, meanwhile, I'm just in limbo. That's not the way to do it. The best founders find a way to just get it done, whether that's doing everything manually. Maybe it's an Excel spreadsheet connected to some form that's hooked up to an if this, then that recipe. But on the front end, it feels just as clean and crisp as Uber, as smooth as Twitter. And then really hustle. And then once you start getting customers, you're going to start to attract that technical co-founder. You're going to start to attract those things you need. And you can automate and build all this out, right? But I think my favorite analogy is it's like pushing a snowball uphill. And the bigger the ball gets, and then with that, it almost creates a gravity. And so a lot of the stuff that you sit around and wait for can just come to you if you just start. So be resourceful, aka at the earliest stage, make sure we're scrappy. What other items do you give startup founders to help train them to be the best of the best? Moving aside from just general advice, how the Founder Institute works is it's a three-month program. We do dinners once a week here in New York, but we're also in 115 cities globally. So we really do have a macro view of the startup ecosystems. And we do dinners once a week for three months, and we bring in local mentors, so people in that city that have sold their companies, maybe they're angels, VCs, right? They come in and they can all speak from firsthand experience from their time doing their startup. And they get that one-on-one mentorship. So every week we're having dinner, you're hearing them present, they're listening to you pitch and giving you feedback. And then generally you can also build those relationships long-term and get that mentoring over time as well. So surround yourself with others who are currently doing what you're doing as well as who have achieved success and can give you insight to how to approach it, right? Yes. I think that's very important, consciously crafting who you're surrounding yourself with because it will affect you subconsciously. Okay. What other tips do you give founders or how do you approach it? Because ultimately, at the end of our conversation, I'd like the best ever listeners to be able to be more empowered as a founder of their company. So based on your experience working with 47 companies over the last year, what do you talk to these founders about that you can share with us so that we can apply those same lessons? This one's something that I feel is very important and it's actually super simple. I think communication is severely undervalued. We've seen all these companies and I think some of the best founders And I think Matt Rodak, who you've actually had on Best Week Ever, he's a grad of Founder Institute here in New York, and I love Matt. This is something he actually mentioned to me, is every month he takes the time to dissect and break down what he accomplished in the last month, and then he emails it out, and he sends it to everyone that's important to him. Maybe it's investors, maybe it's his mom, maybe it's someone who's been a really impactful mentor over the years the people that can make a guiding difference on that business, and he sends it out. And I think doing that each month, taking the time, first of all, to realize how you spent the last 30 days, what made the most impact, and then sending it out, the good, the bad, the ugly, you get feedback from the people that matter to you. It really creates that long-term relationship. And then when you flip that, right, say I'm on the receiving end of that email, Matt's on the top of my head. So next time I'm on a real estate podcast, per se, um, I know you already know Matt, but at the end of this conversation, I could maybe introduce you to him because I've been thinking about fund that flip because I just got that friendly little reminder this morning. So 
I think just keeping in touch with people, soft touches, really building long-term relationships that are meaningful is really powerful. Is there any other tips? We've got three and we could leave it at three or is there anything else that we haven't talked about as it relates to being an empowered founder and yeah. setting ourselves up for success that we should talk about? Yeah, I got one more for you. As we mentioned at the start, I host a podcast called Ambition Today, and I had Amir on. He's the founder of Todoist, which is one of the most popular to-do list apps. So me and him had an interesting conversation around productivity, and one of the things that came out of it is my favorite expression recently. Have you ever heard swallow the frog? Yep. It's one of my favorite new phrases. Basically, I think it's originally attributed to Mark Twain. Whether or not that's historically accurate, I'm not sure. <laughs> but the saying is, if you have to swallow a frog today, swallow it first thing in the morning. It's not lingering in the back of your head. You're not thinking about it all day, and you're getting it done out of the way. If you have to swallow two frogs in a day, like most entrepreneurs do, swallow the ugliest, wordiest one first, and then swallow the other one. And basically what the analogy is is, there's probably some things on your to-do list that you don't want to do. And you've probably snoozed them or moved the due date on them a few times. And you need to recognize, do the self-reflection, that this is something that I keep kicking the can on and just get it done. For me, what I've started doing is I take the little frog emoji on iOS and I put it right next to the task on my to-do list. For me, I know that this is something I've been kicking the can on and I need to get it done. It's time to swallow the frog. And so I think that that can really, adjusting to that mentality can make it meaningful and an impact on your business when you do that over and over. You'd be amazed how much faster you move and execute. When you work with these startups, what's something that is the big difference from when they start the program to when the founder ends the program that you can noticeably see? I think one of the things that's most noticeable is a deep understanding and appreciative for the startup ecosystem. And one of the things I love about startups and the reason I got into it, I was once a founder. At one point, I wrote what is probably one of the worst emails in my life to who is now, not going to name drop, but you would all know who he is, and he's one of the top VCs in the country, venture capitalists. And I wrote the worst email. I mean, there was no paragraphs. There was just run-on sentences, errors, <laughs> right? And it was basically, at the end of it, I was like, oh, I have an idea. Like, can you give me money for it? And I got a nice email back being like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, we don't invest in ideas. We invest in products. And I kind of, after that, was like, what, what is this? Like, I was emailing my first venture capitalist before I knew what venture capital was. And since then, I've had a, like, an innate curiosity to just learn as much about this as possible because I'm fascinated that there's an entire industry and ecosystem that supports people with ambition, that want to just create something out of nothing. And there's all these people that really will support you heavily. And that is the industry I'm in now. And I think getting an appreciation for that is probably what impacts people the most because they start to really understand what they need. Because when you first start out to start a company, you don't know what you don't know. And I'll let that sink in for a minute. Because Everyone thinks right off the bat, I need $500,000 in fundraising. And you don't. There's so much work to be done before fundraising. Building out the branding, figuring out what your customers, product market fit. Like There's a ton of work to do. And I think that understanding um, and how to navigate the network is really what people learn along the way. What's one tip you can give on building your brand from a branding standpoint? 
I think design has become incredibly important, especially today. A few years ago, it was rough. You just say it's an MVP, a beta, that's fine. But I think design has become so ubiquitous and you can partially thank Apple and things we use every day for stepping their game up that the bar has been driven up. But I think executing on design is really important and can really set you apart from everyone else who's just starting out. What's a way to get a good design on a shoestring budget? There's tons of things you could use. You could use Fiverr, which is like you could pay anyone it's from 5 to $100. You can use 99designs, which will hit you from 99 to $200. You could use a lot of designers. The best shoestring budget is if you have a friend who's a graphic designer, you need to hit them up and see if you can make a, a clear agreement there. But there's definitely a lot of ways to get going. I would say just get going, and then you can always improve it later, but make sure it's good enough right off the bat. Kevin, where can the best ever listeners learn more about you and your company? I'm on Twitter. You can find me uh, at the Siskar on Twitter. I also blog on my website, siskar.co. And also, please check out the Ambition Today podcast. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Well, Kevin, from the very tactical ways of getting a good design on a shoestring budget to the more high-level strategic ways of how to empower ourselves as founders, the four ways that you see and you recommend based on your experience is at the very earliest stage, make sure that we're scrappy. Number two is learn from others and also surround ourselves with others who are currently in the same stage that we're in, as well as people who are past that stage and have achieved success. And then communication is severely undervalued, as you said, and you gave the example that Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, and one of my friends, he's been on the podcast many times, as early as episode number seven. Yes, best ever listeners, number seven. We're in 700 and something. He, as you said, has an email that he sends out every month to people who are, from a business standpoint, important to him. And he says what he accomplished in that month. And then you also mentioned if you got some bad stuff that you're delaying, delaying, then make sure you do it first thing. That way it doesn't fester and linger throughout the rest of the day. So thanks so much for being on the show, Kevin. Thank Hope you, you have, for having me. I had yeah, a great time. Enjoyed it. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. A good mentor can hold the keys to your real estate investing success. I've seen that firsthand with my own real estate career. Whether you're just getting started in investing or have experience, a mentor is a must Learn the secrets of real estate investing with Peter Vexelman at coachingbypeter.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-B-Y-P-E-T-E-R.com.